You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the QB Factory Reboot brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to rate. Don't forget to leave a review. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all of that good stuff. But I am your host, Rachel Prevet, and I am joined by my awesome co-host, the QB expert, Mark Schofield. What's up, Mark? How are you feeling? Some breaking news just happened. Some so, so breaking news as we were logging on. And I, I think it's appropriate to drop my movie reference, my movie quote right here. Okay. And I was probably going to go with this anyway. And then my phone exploded. My, my, my lovely brand new phone. I'm so excited <laughs> I got a new phone. And it like exploded because the Patriots just released Cam Newton. And as most people who are listening to the show know, I am, if the accent doesn't completely give it away, I am a Boston, a New England, I'm a Boston guy, a New England guy, a Patriots fan. So now Mac Jones is your starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. And so I'm going to reference Princess Bride, one of my favorite movies of all time. Absolutely love it. And there's a scene where Fezzig and Inigo Montoya, they're trying to revive Wesley, the main character. And Wesley's like, what has happened since I've been mostly dead? And Fezzig is, and then Nigel Matoy is like, let me explain. No, 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 there is too much. Let me sum up. And that's kind of how I feel right now. Like there's way too much to explain with this entire Cam, Mac, all of that stuff and potential repercussions. And we've got a Gardner Minshew trade to talk about. Like there, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to explain. And I, I'm, I, I don't even know how to sum it up. Yeah, there's so much going on, like you just mentioned. I think that was a great, a great movie quote that you chose. I chose a song lyric, as always. And I guess it can kind of touch. I chose it based on what's going on with Gardner Minshew. But I think it could also maybe touch on Cam Newton as well. It's a song uh, called Victory by uh, Biggie Smalls. Diddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like another song. I know you, you mentioned Meek recently. And Meek's on my workout list. Victory is also on my workout list. I absolutely love that song. Yes, great song. And the lyrics that I chose, it says, the sun don't shine forever, but as long as we're here, we might as well shine together. And I chose this for Gardner specifically because, I mean, he just got beat out for QB1 by Trevor Lawrence. I mean, clearly Jacksonville chose Trevor Lawrence over him. So that's probably not like a bright spot for him. I'm sure he feels, you know, he's been, he's been replaced, but right. now he's joining this QB factory, right? Right, right. I'm pretty sure that he knows he's not going to be started, starting QB going into the situation, but it's a QB room full of three quarterbacks. We have, yep. first we have Flacco and now we have Gardner Minshew. So maybe he'll be focused on, you know, earning the second string QB spot and working together, maybe trying to help develop uh, Jalen Hurts. So, you know, I, I, I love that. I'm so excited you picked that one. That quote. <laughs> I, I love it. I, Oh man, now I'm ready to go. I want to play it. I want to go work out, work out to victory. So, so where do you want to start here? Because we've got a lot to cover. Uh, do you want to start about talking about Cam? Do you want to talk about Gardner? 
that's the most recent news that just broke, so we might as well start with Cam. Yeah, and my question is this. Yes. Was Cam's COVID situation the, the final straw here? I because, think so. uh, yeah, because I thought we talked about it. Cam looked really good. You and I talked about it last week. Cam looked comfortable. You were talking about how fluid he worked, looked in the pocket, the decisions. It seemed like he was finally comfortable in that Patriots offense. And I, I'm sure you would agree. I woke up front last Friday morning thinking, all right, well, Cam's the guy. Like, Mac, it's, it looks he looks great, good, good for the rookie. But Cam's the guy. Then the COVID thing hits, and it opened the door. And I, I, I mean, that's where I am on it now. I think that was the final straw where Bill Belichick was like, if we can't trust that QB1's going to be here week in and week out, the rookie's been good enough. So do you think that was it? I think you're right on point. Bill Belichick is, we all know what type of coach he is. And it seems like he wants a strong QB room. He wants, like you said, trust is a, is a huge factor. Yeah. And like some of these other teams might be willing to let it slide, you know, like Carson wins and we see the Colts. Did you happen to see that Greg Doyle piece that he wrote? He's, a, he's a writer out in Indianapolis. Okay. And he wrote a piece that was basically just like Philly was right. Yes, I did. You saw that. BGN. Yeah, I saw oh, that. Oh my goodness, that was a piece. I should have listened pretty much. He's selfish. I saw yeah. I did. I saw a little. But anyway, you were saying. No, I was just saying I think Belichick is that type of coach who's not gonna put up with certain things. And clearly, this is one of them. COVID, he's like we're not going down like this. He wants to win. And with all of the new, new, you know, protocols put in place with unvaccinated players and, you know, what happens if people get COVID, he's like, I'm not, he's like, he's setting the tone. He's setting yeah. the tone. Yeah. And, you he know, let's, let's all forget, Cam contracted COVID last year and missed a critical game at a critical point in the season against the Kansas City Chiefs, a game that with Brian Hoyer, a quarterback, the Patriots were pretty close in that game until it kind of like spiraled out of control at the end. Mm -hmm. Who knows what their season, like they weren't a good team last year. I get it. But who knows what their season could have looked like if Cam was healthy for that game. Maybe they go into Kansas City and steal that one or who knows. Yeah. Belichick doesn't want to go down that road, especially when you've spent how much money in the offseason signing these two tight ends, these wide receivers. You've spent all this money. And if Mac Jones is going to be good enough, then maybe just roll with him. And I think the other thing, and I want to get your thoughts on this. We all know how like the rookie quarterback on the rookie quarterback deal. I mean, obviously the Eagles are going through it too. When you have that cost controlled rookie quarterback, it's valuable because then you could spend money elsewhere, but also you want to maximize that young quarterback's chances to like learn and play and develop and all that stuff. And any sort of season where he's just sitting and watching is kind of wasted. Do you think that the economics of it also played a role, role where it's like Max been good enough. He's cost controlled as a rookie. Let's just start him now. Heck yeah. 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 It's Heck yeah. business at the end of the day, right? Yeah. And they money is definitely a factor. So let me ask you this landed spots for Cam Newton. Where do you think he goes? Are there places he could sign? Is mm -hmm. Philly one? Or do you think maybe Cam's done? 
maybe he walks away. Like he's, he's clearly got himself set up for a life after football, right? Like it looks like he's got like social media production companies. Like he's got that stuff in works. He's a very personable guy on camera. Like if you were to tell me that he was going to start like a video podcast right now, just like talking shop with like athletes and former athletes, I'd be like, sign me up. I, I think it would be great. Do you think that he signed somewhere else? Do you think he walks away? If you think he signed somewhere else, where could that be? And would Philly be a destination? Could he be the next part of the QB factory? Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to say, no, please, Philly, no. Why? Why? Yeah. Do you really need that? No. I don't think so. I don't I mean, I don't think so. I, but it, I it, think one of the things to keep in mind with Cam Newton is this, I think, shows us that he's probably not ever going to be a starting QB again like he's gonna be a you know possibly top 10 backup yeah. quarterback and I feel like doesn't that isn't pride like a factor in that yeah like, wherever he goes you know he knows like he's probably not gonna be that guy it's kind of like went downhill for him these last few years so with that being the case I could see him walking away yeah that's no, kind of like, depressing <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that's just kind of depressing, right? Like, uh, I mean, at one point, like that year they made it to the Super Bowl. Like, he was legitimately Superman. We talked about it, like when he was at at, at Alabama, like legitimately Superman. I mean, Auburn, excuse me. Um, but to see it like end like this, yeah, like that's. I mean, I can see a scenario where you know maybe Carolina. Well, I, I'd say maybe even Washington. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I think. Well, I, I, Washington is a yeah. I can see that. You know, with Ron Rivera, we saw, you know, him pregame when the Patriots played Washington, like going and seeing Ron Rivera. But at the same time, look, Rivera's been pretty adamant about what he thinks about the vaccine because his cancer situation, right. I'm not sure he's going to be comfortable saying, let's sign right. this guy. So maybe that wouldn't happen. Right. I would say Dallas, but Jerry Jones has been very clear about how he feels about vaccinated players versus unvaccinated players. Okay. I don't know. And and I've I've read from people and I've been told that like, NFL teams, in terms of like building out free agency boards, have lists of vaccinated versus unvaccinated players. Because yeah. if you're going to sign a free agent who's unvaccinated, that that carries some risk, I guess. Right. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's just over for them. It might be because I feel like the vaccine situation is is kind of like there's a a line between like are you being selfish? Because at the end of the day, it kind of like risk the entire organization and now we know like the possibility or no it's like a definite thing where the team would have to forfeit yeah so who wants to play with their money like that i don't right I don't it, it's it's such a risk and you know obviously we don't want to get into the whole like vaccinated versus unvaccinated and all that stuff like that's another discussion but when you're a multi-million billion dollar industry and you've got 17 games to play with like that's your introducing another headache or potential headache into a locker room. We all know how NFL player, NFL head coaches hate distractions. Like they just, they just hate distractions. Bill Belichick chiefly among them. Yeah. And so Belichick's whole point of view might here might be Cam's vaccination status is going to be a potential distraction that I don't want to deal with down the road. And so if we've got a rookie who's playing well enough, who's running our offense why take the risk? And then other head coaches, other general managers might look at that and say, why do we want to introduce that? Mm -hmm. It's just, man, to see Cam's career very end messy. like that. It's very messy. 
And I was very hard yeah. when I first saw it flash across my phone. I had to do a double take. I was like, is this for real? Yeah. I I, <laughs> I was just like, man, I thought today was going to be a nice quiet day. Rachel and I were going to do our show. Maybe I'll write a piece or two, watch a little bit of film. No, no, no. It's going to be a nice, nice, busy day now. Oh, yeah. But we like busy. <laughs> we do like busy. We do like busy. It keeps things fun. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I guess now we're going to talk about Florida, man. Yes, might as well jump right into it. Gardner Minshew, what, what what was your reaction to this trade? Um, Nick Mullins was a uh, pretty piss poor in the season, <laughs> so I think I was I was not surprised because please, please tell me that's the social clip right there that we put on Instagram, right? That was so perfect, Rachel. <laughs> he did. He he started off strong in training camp, but then. All what the all three preseason games he just performed terribly. Yeah, and we just know awful. how the Eagles are when it comes to their QB room. They want the right. QB factory. So when I the more I was like looking into it and researching, it made sense because it's like insurance. I was reading an article and it was no, it wasn't an article. It was a tweet. Tim McManus. He said the yep. Eagles are buying insurance, and I think that it's a great and I think it's a great way to put it. Because they have Jalen Hurts, but if something happens, God forbid, and hopefully it doesn't, they have Joe Flacco. But it's kind of like they're not really just secure with Joe Flacco. They're like, oh, we need an extra veteran backup just in case. So, Minshew, I think, was a pretty – it wasn't a surprising choice because, I mean, he's not terrible. Like, he's pretty solid. Yeah. I I think there are things about Gardner Minshew that I like. I think the – the potential scheme fit in Nick Sirianni's offense, I think, will be good too, because Sirianni does a lot of those sort of air raid concepts that he obviously ran a ton of under Mike Leach at Washington State. I think what's also interesting, a couple things to keep in mind here. One, Adam Schefter tweeted out that the, Patri- uh, the, the Eagles are just acquiring another player 
at an important position and they truly believe in like developing the quarterback position and you have the opportunity to develop yet another quarterback, even if he's your third quarterback, that's smart. And I think that's smart business. Like even if you look at Jalen Hurts, which I think is fair that he's your guy and you want him to be the guy for the next 10 years, you still need a backup for the next three, four, five years, whatever. Maybe Flacco's that guy this year, but maybe not next year. So that's one piece. The other piece is this, and I think you nailed it. Developing Jalen Hurts, right? Which veteran quarterback now on this roster has a better track record of dealing with younger quarterbacks and helping them? Mm. It's certainly not Joe Flacco, right? Because we saw how that went down in Baltimore. Baltimore. And when they drafted Lamar Jackson, Flacco was just like, no, like, I'm not helping this dude. Like, he's trying to take my job. Like, no, that's not what I'm here for. Like, he, he's going to learn on his own. Like, there are two ways that veteran quarterbacks sort of go about that. There's the Alex Smith way. When they drafted the Chiefs, did Patrick Mahomes? Smith like would pick him up in the morning. They'd go work out together. They'd watch film together. Smith would try to make Mahomes drink that like butter coffee, whatever. I mean, okay, yeah, about you both, buddy. Um, but he took him under his wing. He said, "Look, you know, my job's to make it better." Ryan Fitzpatrick. You no, know, he said this about Tua. Like, I want to. If he's a great quarterback, I'll feel proud because I helped. You know, Cade McCown, Josh McCown, excuse me, did the same thing with, with Sam Darnold. Flacco is completely standoffish. And so it, it helps to have a sort of peer, you yes. know, veteran or somebody else on the sidelines. Cause let's face it, you know, when, when I threw one of my many interceptions in college, like the last person I wanted to hear from was my head coach telling yeah. me like, you know, I'll tell you when you like one time I came off the field after throwing an interception and I, I looked at my head coach in the eye and I said, look, I bleeped up. Yeah. And my head coach looked at me and he's like, no, no, I'll tell you what you bleeped up. And I was just like, walked away. And it's like, Oh, and by the way, you bleeped up. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, you know, I know, man, that's what I was trying to say. But the last person you want to hear from is a head coach. So having a peer, a veteran, somebody like that to sort of talk with that, Oh, talk stuff over with helps. And so I think Gardner could potentially be that for Hertz much more than say Joe Flacco. It's like a big brother figure. And like I was talking about with the song lyrics, it's a team effort. Yeah. So bringing in Gardner, who we know is probably going to work on developing, you know, Jalen Hurts is the best decision because that's what you want with the system. You don't want it to be like competitive. We don't want another Carson Wooden situation where it's like drama filled and he's bitter. No. So I right. think the Eagles knew what they were doing, bringing him into the situation. Yeah. And I think to do it for like a sick, a conditional sixth round pick. Right. Like what's the hit rate on sixth round picks? It's like next to nothing. Yeah. Like very cheap. Yeah. It's, it's very cheap. Yeah. And so, so yeah. I, I think it's a smart investment from Philadelphia's standpoint because mm -hmm. you have an opportunity to acquire a young quarterback, most important position in the game. But at the same time, you're not giving up much. Nope. Like if Gardner for some reason doesn't pan out, like Okay, you gave up a conditional six-round pick. I'm more curious, why did Jacksonville do this? Like, I know, look, you've got Trevor Lawrence, and he's your starter. Fine. Mm -hmm. What if he gets hurt? Mm -hmm. I know you're not going to contend for the playoffs, but you need a backup. Right now, it's like me well, and Casey Cookies. And they're working on Maybe. I mean, maybe Cam. That's right. I mean, look, maybe Cam. I mean, maybe that's the landed spot, but like – 
I'm surprised that Jacksonville did this because if you've got that young quarterback, like at some point you might need to sit Trevor Lawrence down. Like if he's like throwing three picks in a game and like actively kind of hurted himself, you know, there's this great moment in the football life of Marty Schottenheimer, I think it was. And when he was the coach of the Chargers with Drew Brees, and Drew Brees was a young quarterback, and there were times when Drew Brees was struggling, and Marty would come over and he'd sit him down, like he he, and he'd look him in the eye. There's this great clip you could find it on NFL Films where Marty was telling Drew Brees, "Look, you're my guy, and if this was a one-score game, your butt would be out there. You'd still be playing. But we're getting blown out, and, and you're hurting yourself. Like you're making mistakes. I don't want to ruin you. I'm going to sit you down to protect you." And Drew Brees said that, like, that was one of the biggest parts of his development that, like, saved him from, like, spiraling out of control and, like, making bad mistakes and learning the bad things and having bad muscle memory kick in. Urban Meyer might need to do that with Trevor Lawrence. And having Gardner Minshew on the roster, I thought, was a good thing to have. Apparently not. Apparently, Urban Meyer is going in a completely different direction. We're just going to have to wait and see what happens with that situation. But yeah, surprise if he goes to Cam because, like you said, they need a backup. And hopefully a bat- they need a veteran backup. Yeah. I mean, they need somebody. It's it's just like we were talking about with her. It's like they need somebody that, like, if Trevor Lawrence makes a mistake and he comes off the field, somebody can tell him, hey, what did you see? This is what I saw. Why would you look at it that way? This is how I would have looked at it. Like, you need somebody like that. So do you think it could have been Minshew who wanted out? Do you think? I mean, maybe. I mean, you know, maybe. Like, Mitchu, I love the dude. I absolutely love the dude. Like, one of my favorite people to talk to in, like, all the, like, quarterback discussions I've ever had was, like, down for his senior bowl when, you know, he was addressing the media and I was part of the gaggle in front of him. And I asked him a question about Mike Leach's offense and what is it about Mike Leach's offense that gets you pro ready? And he's like, look, man, I'm making – one, two, three, four, five reads on a play from left side to right side. You don't see many of these other quarterbacks in these, quote, pro-style offense. And, Rachelle, he literally hit me with the air quotes when he said it. And I was just like, all right, man. I'm like, like in the front row, like, fawning over this dude. It's like the most unprofessional thing I've ever done. But I loved it. And he clearly went to that Mobile Senior Bowl with that, like, Baker Mayfield, I'm Baker 2.0. I'm going to have this chip on my shoulder. Like, I'm the best quarterback here. And I love that. Like, you've got to be supremely arrogant to play this position. Like, I I say this all the time. You have to feel that you're the only person on the team that can touch the ball in every single play. Like, is there anything more arrogant in all sports than that? And you can't play it scared. You have to have a massive ego. Um, Again, all reasons why I was bad, because I always played scared and I don't have a big ego. But... Gardner's that guy. Like, he's that dude. And so when he lost this job, he probably – maybe he went to Urban and said, look, I, I want to go where I've got a shot. And maybe, you know, they shopped him around and Philly was the team that bit. I mean, you might you might be exactly right about that. Mm-hmm. I, I think he probably wanted out. And he's only 25, so that means, you know, he's fairly young. Yeah. Of course, he's still trying to fight for that starting QB spot. He right. might – other top 10 backup QB, but I think a possibility could have been him wanting out of the situation and them kind of like, all right, if you're not happy, we're going to let you go. And maybe he thought Philly was the best possible place to get that second string backup quarterback spot. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. that, it's yeah. a... It's a good landing spot for him because, like I said, the the offense that Nick Sirianni seems to be running, and again, it, it's preseason, so we're not seeing a ton. But, like, 
the Boston's the, the Boston's got touchdown last Friday, right? Yes. Mesh sit wheel. I mean, that's an air raid staple. That's something that Gardner Minshew probably ran 452 times under Mike Leach at Washington State. Like it's something that he can run in the sleep. And so I think this offense conceptually will be a good scheme fit for him. So it might be a good landing spot. Would it surprise me if by Halloween he's back up QB2, whatever? No, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. I think it's a good fit. And so that would parallel perfectly with what you're saying about it, where he wanted out. He wanted to go to a situation where he could potentially contend for a starting job at some point. This is a good fit schematically. And if Hertz unfortunately struggles, maybe he becomes that guy. Mm -hmm. So do you think it's going to become a competition between, even though Flacco was what, he's like almost 40 now, 37. So he's low key on his way out. Do you think it'll become a competition between the two of them fighting for that number two spot? I think at some point I'm always interested and I'm curious how you view this when teams have veteran backup as, as well as like a young backup, mm-hmm. like how do they handle it when the starter gets hurt? Like if it, I, I always view it as if the guy, if the starter goes down for like one game, mm-hmm. maybe you just play the veteran, like it's one game, we'll get through it. But if the starter goes down for multiple games and you say, look, we'll play the younger guy, give him a chance to like really learn. If the starter go down, goes down for multiple games, like we might be in trouble anyway. So why don't we use it as a chance to develop the younger player? And so I, I think it might be sort of a case-by-case situational thing if, God forbid, something happens to Hurts. But maybe I view it backwards. I've had other people tell me, no, if the starter goes down for just one game, like just play the rookie, give him the snaps. But if it's multiple games, try to get by with the veteran. I don't know which way Sirianni and Roseman and others would feel about this. I'm curious what you'd feel about it. I would go with the veteran because at the end of the day, isn't the goal to to win? Yeah. So depending on... Medwitz, right? You play to win the game. You play to win. At the end of the day, you would think, depending on the case, case case-by-case basis, maybe looking at Baltimore is going to be different than Philly. Right. With the Eagles situation... I would think that they would go to Flacco because he's has more experience than both of them. And they know that he can kind of do what he needs to do in order to get by. Yeah. You see, I think you're right. I think you're right. You play to win the game. I, I forgot my Herm Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. no, I, I, I think that's right. I, this is one of those moments where since I view things from such like a quarterback development lens, like I've got horse blinders on, I'm just like focused on, well, how do we make the quarterback better? And it's like, Yo, Mark, idiot, you like play to win games. Like. <laughs> but that could be, you know, Minshew too. Like you said, by the time we get to October, we might see something different. But I yeah. think right now, like come week one, and because he doesn't really know the system yet, so it's going to take him a little bit of time. If we're basing it off of the beginning of the regular season, I think it would be Flacco as the first option backup if anything happens to yeah. him. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Case by case basis. Yeah. I, and it could be like a matchup basis too. Like if you're going up with like say again, hypotheticals here, but Hertz goes down before you play Washington, mm-hmm. you're probably gonna play Flacco, right? Like Washington, tough defensive front, really tough defense, like maybe you play Flacco in that situation. But say he goes down before you play in like a team that doesn't have that kind of defense, maybe you play Minshew. Or maybe you flip it. Maybe you look at Washington and say, you need somebody that can move around a little bit better and survive a little bit better. Minshew has got better footwork. He's more athletic than Flacco. Maybe he can like survive in that situation better than Flacco. Like It might be more just a, who gives us the best chance to win in these games? And they look at it that way. 
I don't know. I'm just a dude sitting here drinking a C4 trying to survive. I don't know what I'm talking about. And I think for just, you know, the listeners maybe who just want to learn a little bit about Minshew and like what type of player they're getting. I had just, I was looking at the article that um, BLG did with the Big Cat Country. He did yeah. an article and he interviewed uh, the writer and he was pretty much asking like, what are we getting out of this player? So I just wanted to read off of a couple of things that I had saw about him so that our listeners know in case they're not too familiar. He finished up last season in nine games that he played. It said he finished with 2,259 yards, 16 touchdowns, and five interceptions. One of the concerns that I saw was that he does fumble the ball a, a little bit, so that's going to be an issue. And he struggled with consistency a little bit in some minor injuries. So Yeah. He had a thumb injury last year that he, he hid from the team. Right. He didn't even tell them. Yeah. And then he got benched for it. And yeah, I mean, you kind of wondered, did the thumb injury lead to some of those fumbling issues? Like he couldn't like hold and grip the ball in the pocket. Obviously, look, you know, we always you hear that old saw, like the best ability is availability. He just didn't want to lose his job. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I It, it kind of is it very much in line with the Gardner Minshew I talked to down at Mobile. Like, you know, that dude's going to hide things. He's he's a very different bird. There's a reason why I refer to him as Florida Man when we started this. Yeah. He's, much that guy. he's got very good footwork in the pocket. Like that was one of the things that I loved about him coming about Washington state. Like he's a quarterback that, and we've talked about this with Hertz and other quarterbacks, like one, two, three, four, five reads, like the feet are always underneath him. Like he's looking, he's tied the eyes to the feet. And so the footwork is good. I think the scheme fit is good in Sirianni's offense, what we expect of it. Like, is he a dynamic thrower of the football? No. Like, he's very much a, like, intermediate to short range of the field guy. He's not Josh Allen. He doesn't have a cannon for an arm. Um, he might fit the mold of, like, top 10 backup, like you said. I think that's a that's a perfect sort of way to, like, look at him. Top 10 backup with potential sp- starter traits. And It was important. So yeah. You don't want to get it twisted, like, oh, backup. We still want good quality backups. That's yeah. Like- Important. I mean, it's an exercise I always ask people to do. Rank your like your your start in twenty two positions, and then your backup twenty two positions in terms of importance. How quickly do you get to backup quarterback? Mm. Like it's at least twenty three, right? It's at least the most important backup spot, right? Mm-hmm. But you might even say it might be important than like some starting gigs, depending on the teams, like because that's backup, a position that is yeah. Like that is the most valuable position to you. So you need a good backup in today's NFL. All these teams that say, you know, we don't want to practice with a backup, whatever. Like, no, like ask like the Dallas Cowboys, ask like teams that have struggled losing quarterbacks to injury. Like how ask the Philip, the the Indianapolis Colts right now. Right. Yep. Like Carson Wentz, Mm -hmm. he got hurt. Now he's back on the COVID list. Yeah. Sam Ellinger is hurt. You might be rolling into week one with Jacob Eason as your starting quarterback when you thought you would be a team that was going to get back to the playoffs and perhaps beyond. Mm -hmm. So always have that insurance as we, you know, as I talk about. What's the Chris, what's the Chris rock line about insurance in case bleep. Okay. Yeah. You've seen the Chris rock stand up, right? Where he talks about insurance. You need it just in case stuff happens. Okay. Same thing with backup quarterback, right? Yep. Like you need a backup quarterback in case yes. stuff happens. Yes. Yes. Study backup quarterbacks, kids. That's all yes. I'm saying. Yes. That's a great way to end it. And yes, I did want to end out on a positive note. Uh-oh. 
I have some good news. <laughs> good news. We like good news. We did my homework assignment. I watched you did. Top Gun. You watched Top Gun? I did watch Top Gun. What did you think? It was good. It was really good. Very the, much a classic 80s cheesy like, movie, right? It was classic. And I felt like in the beginning, it was kind of slow. Yeah. Like, what am I getting into? Because I didn't know what I was. I didn't know what to expect. Right. It was really good. I was yeah. very impressed. Yeah, it's, it's it's just a nice little 80s movie. I mean, remember, I watched it when I was nine, like when it came out, because that's how old I am. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's the movie that made me want to be a, a Navy fighter pilot yeah. before I realized that, you know, what am I, I have many, many favorite trivia tidbits about that movie, one of which is Tom Cruise was at the time too short to be a fighter pilot because you have to be like 5'10 or, or above because of the, the size of the the cockpits and these planes, but he was too short. And he also trained more for the volleyball scene than he yes. did all the jet fighting sequences. Yes. And the volleyball scene is, I mean, there have been like theses <laughs> written about that volleyball scene. Well, why did they have like jeans? That was a question I had. Is that Who like volleyball in jeans? How are you moving around? Like, I, I don't know. And it's not like he was wearing baggy jeans, Rachel. thing that I don't know about because it was hot. Yeah. Yeah, the beach volleyball scene was a little different, um, but I'm glad you watched it. But you can see why, in a sense, I often talk about that movie with respect to quarterbacks, right? Because you've got to be that like arrogant guy. You've got to be that person that thinks you're better than everybody else. Like, And I know like the old cliches about football and war. Like, I hate all that. I understand that. But I'm just talking about the mentality of what it takes to be like a fighter pilot versus a quarterback. Like, you've got to be supremely confident in your ability, right? That's like Mamba mentality, and that's exactly Michael Jordan. The yeah. best of the best are going to be arrogant because they have that hunger and that drive to win. It's yeah. a, you know, it's about being competitive. Yep. So, right on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, now you're ready. Now you're ready for when Maverick the the sequel comes out later. That is not In a okay. couple of months. You're gonna be ready, and you get now you can watch the previews. You can see all that yeah. stuff. The previews are good, so I'm super excited. This is awesome. <laughs> Me too, but I think this was a great episode. Yep. I think that this is going to be a wrap for this episode. Make sure that you guys stay in tune. We're we have a little bit of a break um, up until the week one regular season game against the Falcons. It's going to be in Atlanta on the twelfth at one p.m. So make sure you guys are sticking around for all of the content we're going to be dishing out for you guys. Don't forget to rate. Don't forget to review. Don't to don't forget to subscribe to YouTube and follow us on all social media and. Mark, do you have any final words? Go Eagles. Go Eagles. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot vox for $1,000 off Vanta more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. 
you can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.